Hello everybody, FL Teacher here with Bournemouth 2, Spurs 3. We look at what Bournemouth did to outspurs Spurs essentially, as well as what Antonio Conte did at halftime to turn things around and eventually find the winner in injury time in epic fashion, while also sifting through the chaos for FPL implications. Bournemouth, the 3-4-1-2 on paper here looked to be similar to what they've been implementing in recent weeks but really it is now about how they transition into attack rather than what their static formation is. Usually they defend in a 5-something-something really depending on who and how Billing and Solanke work up front but here with the introduction of Kiefer Moore now they defend as a front 3 while having 5 at the back. The way they defend isn't so essential for FPL at least for now but while they attack the crew thing here because of the way they defend and commit five players to the back line the wingers or at least the front three don't help out unless one of spurs defenders pushes all the way up into the final third so Really, it's about Bournemouth having a plan of dispossessing Spurs attackers and running into the space they leave behind. So, they did this essentially in the first half where Jordan Zamora attempted to go down the left side, working with Kiefer Moore, who also drifted to the left. Now, the question here is, where is Dominic Solanke? The answer? all the way on the right half space. So the way Bournemouth set up is that they have Solanke on the right half space being the outlet for long balls while Kiefer Moore drifts to the left. They in turn will release runners at pace. Now for Moore on the left side, he had work done with Billing as well as Jordan Zamora but on the right side it was Solanke's through balls and flick-ons that really dealt damage, releasing Tavernier all the way from right wing back, eventually having shots in the fourth minute, which was a forewarning to Kiefer Moore's goal in the first half. Now, in the second half itself, the same thing occurred. So Lanky drifted off to the right side. This time, instead of using his flick-ons, they waited patiently for the likes of Adam Smith to bomb forward from right centre back. So once again, Monmouth now are starting to develop genuine relationships in the final third and it just comes down to how we take advantage of these new relationships, particularly when Bournemouth play at home after the World Cup. For FPL purposes, it's important to understand that we are still targeting Bournemouth when they play away from home. So the question is, where are the weakness and where are the chinks in Bournemouth's armour? First and foremost, by playing with a back five, the principle here is applied quite well with the three centre-backs essentially outnumbering Spurs 3v2 at the back. This affords Bournemouth's centre-backs to be aggressive without the ball and it was here where the likes of Adam Smith would follow Son all the way into midfield vacating space temporarily behind him and this was where Ryan Sessegnon got his goal. For future purposes, if we can foresee a centre-forward that drops deep and a runner from midfield that would fill in this vacated space, then it is certainly FPL worthy for the last two game weeks. 
Spurs 3-5-2 has been absolutely drab in recent weeks simply because number one when Kane chooses to do his playmaking thing from out wide or deep there hasn't been any runners into the box of late secondly the supporting cast around Kane and Son have been absolutely dire in terms of their attacking output without Kulosevsky or Richarlison the likes of Emerson Royale Perisic and Sessignon have only delivered sporadically so here really they completely deserve to be trailing Bournemouth 1-0 at the half-time whistle as well as 2-0 straight after the break. Now, Conte took a risk by introducing Lucas Mora into the fray. This benefited twofold where number one, Hoiberg and Bisuma had a lot more space to work with which meant that they could escape the man-marking scheme of Bournemouth's three forwards. With this space, they also had more options up front. With Harry Kane dropping deep to dictate play, Hoiberg and Bisuma essentially worked with Harry Kane to make a difference in the second half playing in either Son, Mora or crucially the two wingback. Now, we know how Emerson Royale isn't exactly the best on the ball, especially how he demonstrated this in the midweek Champions League matches. But really here, it's about Hoiberg. Hoiberg on that left half space had time and space to dictate from deep after they bypassed Bournemouth's first wave of pressure. And crucially here, he had shots in the 51st minute, which was a warm-up for him really as a result of his late runs into the box. But even earlier than that, prior to Kiefer Moore's second goal, he was already linking up with Kane to play in Ben Davis. And really, it was his very same through ball from that particular position that found Ryan Sessegnon through on goal after Harry Kane made the space for him. Hoiberg's influence continued late into the second half, generating shots for himself in the 79th and 84th, pretty much as a target from crosses from the right side. So essentially, if really Conte chooses to utilize this strategy moving forward, we know for sure that the right side creates for the left. If not, Hoiberg himself will take up the mantle of creating chances himself. Moving forward for FPL purposes, we are really looking at how everyone else benefits because with Kane relegating himself to a playmaking role, the issue here is that Kane doesn't create in particular for anyone. Kane's output so far has been mainly from either far post crosses or from set pieces themselves where he is one of these far post crosses. And this time round, Kane being double marked by certain players basically created space for Bentacore to score his winner. So the question really comes down to whether you're willing to invest in Spurs players for the final two fixtures given how unreliable their shots process has been or whether you are okay to downgrade to someone else in order to go big with Man City assets such as Kevin De Bruyne or a Liverpool forward. Bad times create good men. And really, it was Conte's men here that stepped up and delivered in the form of their two central midfielders, Hoiberg and Bentokor. The issue here is that both players aren't really FPL assets, and it is about who they enable that really will deliver the goods. 
obviously this brings the wingbacks into play and it can at least show us now that if a wingback is rested for their midweek games then they are quite likely to have majority of the 90 minutes over the weekend. Now as for Bournemouth, we know now that they are a side well respected and there was a very timely stat mentioned by the commentator for this game, at least in Malaysia, where they only conceded 9 goals over the last 8 games after conceding 9 against Liverpool. This is FPL Teacher who will continue the roundup of the Saturday's games despite the poorer audio quality. Stay tuned. Go